0: America is in financial decline, with an unsustainable $33 trillion debt looming large over every financial decision we make as a country. Convention of States, in large part, exists to deal with this serious problem. And interestingly, new data shows that the states that support COS also are among the top-ranked states financially. This, of course, would make a lot of sense. We'll get into this story on today's podcast, and we'll also discuss the immigration crisis in New York City, the CCP's push to reduce Americans' meat intake, and Dr. Kevin Roberts of the Heritage Foundation's 10 Principles to Save America. This is the Liberty Update, a of states production, and this is your Need to Know News.
1: A recent analysis by Truth in Accounting shows a striking correlation between the fiscal health of states and their support for the Convention of States movement. The Financial State of the States report finds that 11 out of the 22 states that closed fiscal year 2022 with a surplus of money have actively endorsed the Convention of States Resolution, which shows a connection between sound financial practices at the state level and a commitment to federal government reform. The states at the forefront of fiscal responsibility are Alaska, North Dakota, Wyoming, Utah, and Tennessee. Alaska had the highest surplus of $80,000 per taxpayer in fiscal year 2022. Remarkably, all five of these financially robust states have not only managed to end the fiscal year with a surplus, but they also have passed the Convention of States resolution through both chambers, with the exception of the Wyoming House. This alignment emphasizes a shared belief among economically healthy states that addressing fiscal challenges at the national level requires an Article V convention. On the other hand, the analysis exposes a contrasting reality in 28 states that didn't have enough money to pay their bills in 2022. Called the sinkhole states, Hawaii, Massachusetts, Illinois, Connecticut, and New Jersey find themselves in the inevitable position of having the worst fiscal health and the highest tax burden in the country. New Jersey had the highest taxpayer burden of over $53,000 per taxpayer. Not too surprising at all, these states have taken little steps to pass the Convention of States resolution, demonstrating a lack of inclination toward fiscal responsibility at both the state and federal level. States committed to fiscal responsibility within their borders are advocating for similar practices on the national stage the convention of states movement as a unifying cause advocates for the shared goal of achieving fiscal responsibility across the nation the report notes that every state except for vermont has balanced budget requirements yet even with these rules in place states have accumulated 938 billion dollars in debt All 75 of the nation's most populated cities also have balanced budget requirements. The issue at hand is state loopholes like inflating revenue assumptions and counting borrowed money as income. But when it comes down to it, nearly every state follows a balanced budget. So don't you think the U.S. federal government should too? With a $34 trillion debt and counting, It's time federal politicians follow tight budget requirements, just like their home states do.
0: 94-year-old Frank Tamaro was one of eight veterans and 53 seniors who lived in the Island Shores senior residence in New York City when they were abruptly evicted to make room for the city's influx of illegal aliens. Last September, Shores residents were quietly informed that the facility was being sold and that they needed to move out. Most of the seniors, including Tamaro, ignored the request until they were later updated that they only had a few weeks to find someplace new to live. Despite the inconvenience, however, Tamero and his fellow seniors were repeatedly assured that the facility was only temporarily being closed to switch hands to new management, which would likely reopen the senior residence. However, they soon discovered that it was all a lie. Since early 2022, More than 130,000 migrants have entered New York City, resulting in humanitarian, housing, and economic crises. According to the New York Times, city officials have struggled to respond as people from all over the world have arrived, sometimes by the thousands each week. Many have sought shelter with the city, which has a legal obligation to give beds to anyone who asks. Mayor Eric Adams, who previously touted his city's sanctuary status, recently cautioned that there is, quote, no more room in New York. In the wake of this state of emergency, the city has resorted to housing migrants in hotels, public schools, parking lots, and Frank Tamaro’s former senior residence. In August, Tamero and his daughter, with whom he now lives, learned that Island Shore's senior residence had opened its doors to provide free housing for illegal aliens, even as it was discovered that as many as 31 migrants were sharing three-bedroom homes in the city the former retirement community went back on its promise to reopen for seniors and instead welcomed an estimated 15 asylum-seeking families. I don't understand it at all, Tamara's daughter expressed. It's not fair to anybody. These migrants, they're getting everything. They're getting everything and I can't get nothing for my dad. It angers me. While Mayor Adams faces criticism for promoting NYC's sanctuary status in the past and allegedly masking the number of migrants entering the city, at least initially, He, in turn, has turned criticism toward the federal government, blasting President Joe Biden and D.C. for turning their backs on the dilemma of their own making. This crisis perfectly highlights the failures of Washington's immigration policy. Even as cities and residents, including Frank Tamero, pay the price for an open southern border, D.C. seems unwilling to address the root problem.
1: Americans just haven't gone along as planned with the global climate crisis campaign, so the United Nations is prepared to curb our meat consumption in order to reduce our carbon footprint. That is, the carbon footprint that Americans have yet to surrender to. They first tried to guilt us with personalized climate footprint scores, but the population just didn't care. They tried marketing campaigns and tax incentives for electric vehicles, but the population just didn't care. And they even tried to regulate our household items like light bulbs and lawn equipment, but the population didn't seem phased. So what are they moving to now? The food you consume daily. The United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization doesn't plan to reduce worldwide meat consumption. It only intends to target prosperous Western nations like America. The anti-meat plan is expected to be released in the next couple weeks at the COP28 climate summit in Dubai, which just started on Thursday. According to reports, the plan will recommend nations that overconsume meat limit their consumption as part of a broader effort to reduce greenhouse gas emissions in line with the Paris Climate Agreement. Interestingly, the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization is headed by a top Chinese Communist Party official who is known for using the agency to serve Beijing. As the Washington Free Beacon reported this week, it's unlikely that the meat intake directive will apply to China, as the United Nations still considers China a developing nation. One former official told Politico, quote, Nobody actually takes him seriously. It's not him, it's China. I'm not convinced he would make a single decision without first checking in with the Capitol. So when it comes down to it, the CCP is ushering in food management over Americans while prioritizing their own nation's best interests. The average american consumes about 127 kilograms of meat a year compared to 7 kilograms in nigeria and just 3 kilograms in the democratic republic of congo with food systems accounting for about one-third of global greenhouse gas emissions and 40 percent of methane the un hopes that the meat intake plan will accelerate the transition to 1.5 degrees and create a more sustainable global food system But in reality, it's about control and surrendering freedoms to a foreign entity that does not put Americans first. Egotistical elites think they can control the masses and push through unnatural concepts like lab-grown meat that will miraculously transform the Earth's weather. Americans value liberty and the choices that come with it. We the people must continue to put God above every worldly authority and use our power granted in the Constitution to fight for what we truly believe.
0: Dr. Kevin Roberts, the president of Heritage Foundation, who recently endorsed Convention of States, enjoys years of experience in conservative policymaking, Heritage, in fact, was ranked for three consecutive years as the number one think tank in the world for significant impact on public policy. In a recent address to the Steamboat Institute Freedom Conference, Dr. Roberts laid out ten principles that he says conservatives must unite around in order to save this country. On today's show, we'll unpack five of those ten principles. To read the rest, go to the conventionofstates.com blog. First on his list, the primacy of the family. The family, Roberts argues, is and forever must be the basic unit of community, cooperation, and ordered liberty. He pointed out that as the left in America has undermined marriage and life, many Americans have retreated from the primacy of the family, making the conservative defense of such all the more imperative. Can we really be surprised that a nation dismissing family bonds finds itself in a crisis of loneliness Isolation, addiction, and mental illness, he asked. Number two, gratitude. Hate cannot drive out hate, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. famously declared. Kevin Roberts would agree. Conservatism must resist the temptation to answer the left's outrage addiction with revenge and resentment of our own, he said. Rather, we must overwhelm it with gratitude. Gratitude for our history and traditions. Gratitude for those who came before us and gratitude to our Maker for the blessings of liberty he bestowed upon this nation. Number 3. American Exceptionalism Speaking of gratitude, if we are not appreciative of our nation's founding and first principles, what exactly are we fighting to conserve? The less fundamental project is to undo the American founding, Roberts observed. The rights, therefore, must be to defend it and secure its myriad blessings for ourselves and our posterity. Number 4. Moral virtue. Moral virtue not only exists, he said, but society also has an absolute duty to promote it. He cautioned against the prevalent postmodern strain of supposed moral neutrality, arguing that mankind cannot be happy outside of moral virtue. Faith, hope, and charity are not simply good manners, but the very fuel on which our souls run. Number 5. God-Given Rights When inalienable rights come from God, they are distributed equally. When they come from the government, they are granted selectively, often to an elite favored few. For all their talk about democracy, the left utterly rejects human equality, Roberts contends, suggesting that instead, the left means for us to look to a government construct for endowment rather than the creator. These are the first five of 10 principles that Roberts says we must unite around in order to save our country. In fact, he has confidence that if we unite around these ten principles, we will win the fight for our country. However, he has also argued that Convention of States may be an indispensable step in that process. To read the rest of this blog, go to conventionofstates.com. To join Dr. Roberts and the Heritage Foundation, in support of Convention of States, and in reviving his 10 fundamental principles through the COS Grassroots Army. Sign the petition on the website and get involved today.
1: Now that it is December, it's officially the Christmas season. So we encourage you to go spend time with family, loved ones, and see the good that is all around us every single day. You can also check out some of our Christmas items on the Convention of States website, including this year's unique Benjamin Franklin Christmas ornament. We just want to express our gratitude for all of your support and for listening to our podcast every week. We appreciate all of our listeners and we will be back next week with another episode of the Liberty Update.